Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 658 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by J.D. Raider and Ben Funky Askren. And today is off to a terrible start, if I may oh. say so myself. We've got Americans went 7-8 and eight so far in Poland today. Jaden lost... Dude, who's this guy? I just looked it up. Oh, my gosh. He should not be losing to this guy. Yanni lost to Musakayev in the most Musakayev-ish rob- way. Um, and you know what? It's not great, but it was some amazing wrestling. There's many, many, many super relevant results that are going to have, um, you know, kind of, I think some long-term Wait. Impacts. Did you look at heavyweight, Christian? I, but Yes. Do you see what I see? What do you see? Yusuf Hamida, Egypt. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Oh, you got another transfer. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Oh, yeah. It's a a weird thing. He's at Cliff Keen, right? Correct. They're the king of this. Well, I I just think it's ironic that uh, of the heavies in that Michigan room that Yusuf Hamida is going to be the one in the Olympics and Adam Kuhn won't be. Possibly. Possibly. Well, possibly. Did he qualify? Egypt, Egypt is, did. Egypt is qualified. And he just outplaced the guy who qualified the weight where this did, morning. At the, at the Continentals or something? Is that where they qualified? Yes. Mm, wow. Crazy. Yeah. So Yusuf is... Uh, and he, he had a good win over uh, Tahari. Oh, Tahari. That's, yeah, that's a good win right That's there. the guy who beat Zare. Um, and Zare is obviously top five in the world. He will be in the finals. Uh, against Gwiz later, but th- it was still up in the air who Iran's heavyweight rep was going to be, and that's how they use they were using Poland to determine that. It will obviously not be Zare because he made the finals, um, which is who I'm sure they wanted. But yeah, yeah. So craziness. Um, I I think we start with with Jaden 
because oh okay I didn't you know hit y- Yanni losing to Musakayev is at least uh, I'm all know. kinds of pissed. hey I'm all kinds of pissed off about that match so when we get there you just let me have the I'm all kinds of fired up about that match yeah well it, we it can was, it was absurd I just want to watch it but I think we should at least discuss the Jaden thing because I think in terms of international wrestling news. This is one of the biggest upsets in, in quite some Who's time. Who's this guy? Because Jaden hasn't lost at 92 uh, ever, correct? Um, Yeah, I don't think he's ever lost at 92. Or did he lose to Sharif off at 92? Maybe. Like seven, but... I th- yeah. So, well, no, I don't think it would have been at 97. Irrelevant. Oh, I'm, so- I'm sorry, 86. Yeah, 86. So, this, this Ukrainian has losses to some familiar names to you, namely Nate Jackson, Richard Perry, Pat Downey, Alex Derringer. So this is not someone you would ever, ever pick to beat Jaden Cox. And I, we have the clip. We can we can have that pulled up while we're, we're here. You know, Jaden's just kind of cruising. He's up 1-0, 90 seconds to go, and guy gets in on a, a right-side single and just, just finishes pretty clean. And then the real... You're like, okay, so Jaden will score, and he gets in deep on this single leg. And now watch this. I'm so, I'm so surprised he wasn't able to finish um, from yeah, this yeah, single yeah. leg. Limp out here. So it's not even there. He gets out of there, gets to basic almost rear standing. Then he's got the foot in his armpit, and then he goes double under the foot oh. like this, and he kicks out, and he loses it. And it's funny, Ben, because in uh, at uh, – the Outlaw 512 practice, where Caleb and Mike Mal uh, were. We were going over this finish and the, the risks of going both hands under instead of covering the covering the laces. And right there, you kind of see even it, it can even happen to Jaden Cox. Guys kick out. And then at that point, there's only 16 seconds to go. Um, and, and, you know, wow. Jaden, he, he can play it close sometimes, right? Yeah, of course. He, he doesn't mind because he rarely gets taken down, and he knows he's good for a takedown or two per match. And yeah. he wasn't able to get it done here. So what, what, what's your overall takeaways from, from that kind of a loss, man? Yeah, I mean, without watching the whole match, I, I did not really see anyone in the bracket. Um, well, that pretty that much was, was the full match. Jaden yeah. had a step-out point after he was put on the shot clock, yeah. and then that point was scored as the Ukrainian guy was going on the shot clock. So yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of action besides just, those two big exchanges. Um, yeah, just, um, man, just looking at the bracket, you don't think there's anyone in that bracket that's really going to challenge Jaden. Um, and, and really, if you guys remember, I'm like, I wanted him to go 97 because I want to see him against Mohammedian and a few other guys that are in the bracket. Yeah. Because um, I want to see him challenged because he's never lost at 92 and he won – two consecutive world titles and he had been talking about bumping up and then obviously we know what happened um yeah so i i would say very disappointing and like you know my first thought was who is this guy i never heard of him so i'm actually on um freestylewrestling.org uh and he's he's not even listed in the top 20 yeah um so so he, he might be at some point i bet the results his results can be found there but uh i for me, I don't think it's cause for long-term concern or alarm about Jaden. First match in, in a little bit, and I think know. it's odd he comes out with that NBC article. I'm going to bring the wrath of God down on everybody, and then this is what you do the first time after that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think yeah. he was just fired up in that that interview, and 
I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but we were saying after that, oh, we're going to see this new Jaden that's going to come out and Hulk smash people. Yeah, yeah. That's not the case. No, no, not not so far. Yeah, it's 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 um, you know, when you see if it starts to string together weird things, and maybe it is cause for concern because. Well, it's just like what's going on. Yeah, yeah what's going? I, I, I'm not too worried. I'm not I too mean, concerned if, either. Yeah. Well, not a, just not just ideal. the back to back occurrence. Though the after last seeming two, untouchable. Yeah, after seeming untouchable, but more importantly, you go to trials and you don't make weight on time, and then it's like, okay, your next thing you you would expect, you know, all right, you're the heavy heavy favorite here. You go out and send a message, and yeah. then you end up losing, and maybe you know, first time. To, Listen, maybe the cut is more of a thing. Everyone can say that 92 is not a thing and 97 is not a thing. Maybe it's a thing. He was over on the morning of the, of the trials. So he was over 97 kilograms. So it's not like he walks yeah. around at this weight, right? So, and this is five kilos lighter. That's, you know, 11, 11 pounds, pounds or whatever it is. So that's that's maybe notable. Maybe it's his, it's uh, not yeah, a great recovery off the skin. Technically, a long skin. time, huh? Technic- well, the last time he made 92 would have been, I'm not sure when. Before Corona, uh, sometime. So we're oh, before Corona, you think? 2019 Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Because what, cause then he went to Cuba. The next thing he competed at was Cuba after that, and that was at 97. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's been a little bit. It could be like first time off the scale, not feeling great, two-hour weigh-in. Um, mm-hmm. d- you know, it can things can happen. I think he did win match one. Right. Um, so this wasn't immediately off the scale. Yeah, but uh, I will. He would have to make weight again tomorrow, also, right? Mm-hmm. But you yeah, know so what? It's... And the other thing is, it's the little moments can make the overall thing seem bigger. If he just finishes a single leg, we're probably not even like, yeah, Jaden. I mean, it's just like a, almost a non thing. It's like, yeah, Jaden won a. It was kind yeah. of a close one, but you know, he he won and he got the takedown, whatever. Um, so. You don't want to overreact, but the, you know, the back-to-back occurrences of, you know, him and his Olympic mishap and the Olympic trials mishap and this is, is, that causes extra alarm bells to go off, I think. And it's just, it's weird to see after some people almost writing Kyle Snyder off saying, oh, Jaden, he's the guy. Uh, And they're saying, Jaden, such live. Like, yeah. Well, I, I would say... I, yeah, I feel like this sort of cements the. Pro- there was so much after Jaden d- didn't get the didn't get to wrestle. There was so much. Oh, this is an outrage, and we're not letting this guy have a chance, and blah blah blah. And it's like, man, there's there's something to be said for the process and following the process. And I feel similarly like when Jo doesn't qualify, it's like all this alarm about our process, and he's the is he our best guy and. What if it was Yanni? And then, Yanni, you know, Yanni loses to Musakaya. Fair or not? Bad calls or not? We'll certainly get into that because Ben's fired up oh. about it. And, and, I, and I, get into it. I can see why. But it's, it, the, the bottom line is I think this is a, a little affirming of, of, of the process. And, man, I feel good about Kyle Snyder. And before we get to the Yanni thing, we're going to. Watching Mohamedian win 1-1 over Shabani, yeah. I continue to feel like Ultimate snooze fest. Snooze fest. This Ultimate guy was so bad. This guy was literally getting. He would like get in such great position, and he was willfully not taking the legs. He was 
going out of his way to not try to score any oh, more points. Funny. He would have an angle, like perfect angle. Him. Yeah, and then just be like, mm, nah. no, push him away. So this dude clearly doesn't have any. I don't think he has confidence in his six-minute tank. I think if you look at the matches that he's where he has housed Kyle and Bo Colin. and Colin Moore, it's just early buzzsaw decimation, right? Decimation. If yeah. Kyle comes out with the approach of, listen, just hand fight him, keep him off your legs, chew him up for a minute and a half or so, and they're like, I don't think this guy has any confidence he can go six minutes. So I, I think it's I feel the same way. Weather that early storm. Um, he's certainly formidable. He's very skilled. He he is so hard to get to. His position is really really strong. But I think I th- I am much more confident now that Kyle can beat him after seeing this performance than I was previously. I agree, for so, sure. But you, I mean, the chewing him up early is so important because yeah, we've shown he is uh, lights out for a little bit of time. But in these longer matches, he seemed very unimpressive. Yeah. Um, so I think same thing. Yeah, go ahead and fight. Don't, don't leave any opportunities for him to score. And then as you know, as time the match goes on, start, start attacking more. Yes. Okay. Hey, I meant to ask you. I forgot. Where's Ali? Uh, he's, not, he's not around. He's not coming on. <laughs> Eddie, ever? I don't think so. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got um. It. He's got marketing stuff to do. Yeah, he's marketing. Okay, cool. Okay, so Yanni, let's get into this Yanni uh, Musakayev match because it was totally insane. Uh, it if we're you have the clips, right? There we go. Yeah, we've right. got the match. No, we've got the match. So if you you can start playing it, Tyler. Uh, if you haven't seen their first match, it was totally insane. Where Musakayev got up nine zero, almost teched him. And Yanni Stormback broke him and teched him, I believe. He, uh, no, he... Um, or did he pinfall him? No, he uh, cautioned him out. Oh, cautioned him out. It was bad. They had to stop it. Just tremendous. You never see that in international wrestling. It's pretty, it's pretty rare and tremendous. And so M- Musakayev essentially likes to just double-dog dare guys to shoot. Look at him right now. He is like, <laughs> this is a guy you just want to hide uh, from any, any athletes you might coach. Because he just is, does not do it the way you would... Uh, <laughs> Ever want to coach your guys? Look at this hard effort on top. Yeah. You, you've got to watch. You have to watch this match. It's like, I mean, the first takedown is like so lightning quick and smooth. It's unbelievable. But he wrestles like, you know, kind of like the old coach where he just like kind of stands there, lulls you to sleep, and then pounce. Um, I believe it's right at the start of the second period where Yanni scores that go out of bounds and he throws him. Can we mm-hmm. skip to that by any chance? Because the, the scramble leading up to that is is just out, really outstanding wrestling. Yeah. So the first period um, ends um, uh, two zero. I'm pretty sure for Musa Kai. Look at look at him just uh, standing here, and then he just spins three sixties out. He st- well, he oh, are up. we really watching the whole match? Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's worth watching. get the full Musa Kai experience. Yeah, oh, I I think we <laughs> I think we skipped the second period. Ben doesn't want to uh, watch it. All right, fine. We're gonna miss well, the just, he's avoiding. He's just kind of avoiding action the whole time, and then well, the second I think period really heats. The second period heats up a lot. I know. I think it's notable that he doesn't go on the clock in the in the first period, given his complete evasion and backwards um, movement. Yeah. So I thought that was surprising. But yeah, okay. Ben wants. Ben has no time for this. So go to the second period, please. So here okay. we go. Yeah, so it ends there. They're, they're telling him off. This is an essential part of the match for Musakayev. 
He's gonna get. <laughs> he's gonna take all thirty of these seconds. And here he comes. Uh, what a okay, legend! So this, um, yeah, th- this scramble at the beginning of the second period is really, really high level. Um, and then Yanni, I-, I would definitely argue. I mean, I could see how it could be one. I could also see how it should be four uh, because they usually let people wrestle out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. this is. Oh, that was so smooth. There's right some there. beautiful scrambles back in. This is crazy. That too. was so smooth on both parts. Yeah. Okay, now look. Boom. That's it's one step. Call it four. Why not? I don't know. I kind of thought that, they might... that should be four. I thought it they could... don't call continuation consistently the same yeah. way. Yeah. Because Yanni in, that, in the exact same corner of the mat, he got four against McKenna. But earlier on the back right far end of the corner, uh, same position, he only got one. Yeah. Freeze. Pause right here. Pause. Oh, right there. It's. I mean, literally, he's, he hasn't taken his first step out of bounds yet. He's going to take one. Yanni's going to take one step out of bounds, turn, and throw him. Yeah. Uh, we've seen guys take 10 steps out of bounds. I mean, literally, Yanni has not put a foot out of bounds yet. He's about to. And then he's gonna throw him. This should. There's no question. This should be four. Boom, well, what is step, the, What does the rule the actually say about it? There is no. There is no rule. We talked about this. There, there should be a rule, but there's not actually a rule. Yeah, it would. We remember we discussed this. Yeah, I know. It doesn't really say. I know that, like in that scenario, Musakayev can't score once he steps out of bounds. Correct. Correct. But. Uh-huh. Look at this stall technique, though. Picking up something from the center of the mat and handing it to the referee so he has to walk Perfect. out and throw it away instead of just throwing it off the mat. That's that's the This is chess, not checkers. They should actually hire him. Um, they should hire him for the stall, Stallings brothers, Stu and, Stu and whatever Stallings. Yeah, stall camp. The problem is he he okay. doesn't live by the 1-0 mindset. He, he, he lives for the 9-9 criteria win with two cautions, but he had the four. And okay, hold on, hold on. We got to watch this. Okay, this is such crap. Okay, so you'll see Yanni at no point even comes moderately close to exposing his back. They give him four here. They give him – this is so obnoxious. So can we play that over maybe? Do we have slow motion? Can we do that or no? I don't think we have slow motion for you. Okay, pause right here. Oh, oh, we do have slow motion? Okay, good. We we got some slow motion coming. It's not even close to his back. The fact that they could call this for and then watch it and, and then call it for again. I mean, he's almost fully on his belly by the time he comes to the ground. Yeah. And actually, he flips the guy over, but obviously you can't score after you hit out. So we know he can't score because he's already hit out of bounds. Um, it's a very clear one for Musakayev, but the fact that they call it four and then he gets the the, cha- the loss of a challenge, it's a five, that's a five-point move right there. Not, yeah. It's not even close. No, it's not close. That, that is, so if we want to talk about, I think JD was being a folk style hater yesterday. Yeah. And oh, yeah. You want to know yeah. the things I know about freestyle. It's like this, like this, this type of thing has consistently happened over the last 15, 20 years where referees make these obnoxiously bad calls. And now, now to me, it's almost even worse because they get to rewatch it on the replay and say, yeah, you were right. Like, yeah. How can anyone who even has a small understanding of wrestling watch that? And freestyle oh, yeah, defense, that's not a freestyle folk style issue. Well, no, but freestyle t- tends to have these. Well, um, you have your issue really with the referees. Oh. Not freestyles um, product. Well, 
No. Yeah, Christian outlined the issue in 2016, and I, I won't say more than that. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I I don't think I I was thinking about it uh last night. By the way, how to fix uh folk style? Uh, because I was continuing to think about it, and my solution is no periods and folk style. If you get on top, you can remain on top for six minutes. Oh, I don't like that. No, because we'll see guys okay. break, roll over, and pin themselves, which is tremendous content. Or we'll see guys break, and then it's just like a practice match where one guy's <laughs> literally beating the crap out of the other on top, which is also tremendous content. Oh, my gosh. I don't like it. Ben would probably yeah. love it. Um, Man, I, yeah, just the, I, you know what? I actually kind of agree with you. I, I kind of love some of the things about freestyle, but then it's, the, to it's me, things like this that like I'm like, what folk style is all about. What? One one at a time. Yeah, that's fine. But when you when you watch what just happened in the last twenty seconds, where Yanni went out of bounds and threw him for a very clear four, lands right on his back, and then we go the other way. I mean, we're literally talking because they lost the challenge. We are talking an eight point swing in the match. An eight point. That's that is eighty percent of a technical fall. Yes, that's what we're talking right now. Yeah, and I think. uh, Well, on the one hand, um, I maybe I have too much of a. Negative mentality because I'm. I think okay, if NCA wrestling was folk style or was freestyle, we we would just be in the same boat because for whatever reason we can't get on the same page with with rules and we'd just be just. I'd be. Man, I think people would be almost more outraged. It's one thing when it's. It's one thing when it's a oh he backed out. It should be a warning, and another warning would be a point. This would make it. This would compound things. This would make things so much worse if you have things. This should be four. This should be yeah. one. And you have the those sort of swings. Switch. That would cause – I mean, you think people get fired up about a step-out rule. And th- it would be even worse if it was – because folk-style refs cannot – they can't figure out that if someone backs straight out of bounds, they should get hit for stalling. How can we expect – this, I mean, this is happening worldwide. I feel like this is happening in every nation that has freestyle wrestling. Has these? This is four. That's four. And so you think the NCA folk style refs are going to figure this out? No way. It's going to be. It'll be just as bad. So I don't think we Man. would solve the problems of of officiating on folk style when they can't even get what I think is sort of simple. Um, they can't get that right. Yeah. They can't just call stalling. So. Man, that's a yeah. It, that's a tough one because I, I watched that and I, I'm so annoyed. And um, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like those calls weren't even all that. They weren't all that hard, especially especially the second one. Yeah, he didn't come close to his back. It wasn't that hard to turn referee to see that. Um, and I, and I'll just I'll I'll leave it at that. That if they can't see that, if they can't see that he landed on his belly, they probably shouldn't be wrestling, refing, especially not at a high level. Me and we're talking like the um, Buffalo Gap Pee Wee Freestyle Tournament. Okay, whatever. You got a guy who doesn't know what they're doing. Fine. Yeah. Put him in there. We're talking a world-level tournament with world-level competitors. If they, if they can't see that he was on his belly, and it, it wasn't close, that he wasn't on his belly, then they shouldn't be refereeing at this level. I understand, um, you know, in the moment, you almost like – because of how, because let's let's. It be looks honest. like he's going to go to his back. Yes, Yanni yeah. does some freaky stuff there to not even come close yeah. to exposing. But it looked imminent that he would land, so I could see maybe the judge throwing up for offering it or whatever. 
but yeah. but the fact that it was called for and then upheld that was that is tough and I you know ultimately as we watch the the match go on there's some there's some other incredible exchanges in this match by the way they really are oh are we gonna finish watching it after we get through all of his after we get through all of his injury time yes yeah, so much injury time um he did actually in, in Mustakai's defense in that exchange when he land he landed straight he on hard, his head yeah. yep. he, that Finger would for sure that would actually hurt but you lose some of your credibility when you take injury time for well anything yeah yeah but he didn't take injury time there because USA corner challenged oh that's right yeah. So zero seconds of entry time so far for Musakai. No, but there there is oh zero yeah because there's no time limit. You can take as much as you want. Here's the right. injury time about God knows what. Who knows oh yeah, this is the long one. There. This is his one long one. Yeah, we need to skip. He only stopped he the match twice for entry time. That was totally inexplicable though. Literally <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> and then they happened. just created a mess on the mat that they had to wipe up. That's perfect. He just it's yeah. tremendous. Musakaev is goaded, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, this He's is crazy. Look at this. They're so awesome. This wrestling he, is great. It's they are they're freaky. Now they're but they never here. put him on the clock, but they did caution him on him. That's twice. They he, did it twice. He loves getting cautioned. Well, the last Very one close I, I, to happening I, I, a third time again, and it's three cautions and you're done. Yeah, I'm gonna question you guys on that last out of bounds where they put him down. I I don't. You never see that unless they go out on their back. Correct. This is the crazy exchange. He goes head. Pinch, oh my gosh, that was freaking out. Oh, spins out. Oh, that was Ridiculous. awesome. Yeah, the, the way Yanni um, has learned to move his body in some of these situations, and honestly, Muskaev does a lot of the same movements. Oh, it's so smooth. They they are both just like ridiculous in some mm-hmm. of those exchanges. Um. So what is it now? Seven three. You know what's interesting? As I was watching this match, I was. Because criteria is, you know, biggest points, then cautions, then last, then last score. Then I was thinking, you know, they came up with that order of operations when you could get a caution for when, when you're going on the shot clock or whatever, for, or for a shot clock point. And they got rid of that wisely. I'm glad they got rid of the shot clock caution. Now I kind of think. That was wild right there, how Yanni just, uh, sorry, I don't want to skip over it. He's, Here, go back. How he generates power from that super wide leg position. It's, you know, he's almost. I don't want to say the splits, but it's not all that far off. Here, his legs are so wide. I mean, this so I've if you wrestled, it's so hard to generate power from there, and he's able to do so. It's pretty crazy. And then that movement right there was wild. Um, it, it's the only it's, it is actually only five seven. I don't know why they accidentally put another two on the board. They they take it back off in a second. They know they want it. <laughs> so what I was saying is, I, I wonder if if they would ever consider revamping criteria so that like cautions was the first criteria. Because now that they're not giving them, uh, here we go. Yeah, this is a classic. Because now that they're not um, giving them out willy nilly like they were, you got if you get a caution, you did something probably pretty audacious to, to yeah. earn it. So I don't know, just a uh, food for thought. But now yeah. it's seven five. Ismail is persevering. Thirty seconds left, and I think there's still like three or four minutes left actually in this match. Yes, in the like video. <laughs> now. Man, man, this is where he's so good from those splits type. And then he just hops out. (laughs) Okay, but this is where they screw him. They put they put him down. Since when do you get put down there? Yeah, that doesn't. I thought you only got put back. It doesn't help him at all. And he's kind of pissed about it. He's like, no, 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 this shouldn't happen. But I thought you only got put down when you went out on your back. Yeah. What? 
Caution, he's like, why are you doing this? Wait, why? If he was on top, that'd be one thing, but he just walked out of bounds. It's not like Yanni was, this is a weird call. What happened here? We need a, we need like a ref on retainer. I don't feel like that's the rule because Yanni is puzzled by it also. In the danger zone. Two points plus one caution against the opponent, restart and parterre position. Well, he didn't get two points. No, 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 but the danger zone means on your back. They mean on your back, and that would be two uh, two points if you leave on your back, which is, but there's no, I don't believe there's any rule where you leave. Yeah, you're supposed to restart in standing. You're supposed to restart in standing, so they totally messed this up. Yeah. They didn't give him two for takedown? Just one yeah. caution and one. If sheesh, then Ayani doesn't end up getting the turn here and loses. And then yeah. Musa, what did Musa? How did Musakaya follow up this heroic win, JD? Uh, he forfeited out. <laughs> so Yanni is actually wrestling in the finals. This guy is ridiculous. Wait, so but okay, can we actually can we call a ref right now and ask because. I'm pretty sure that's not the rule, Christian. That you go to go down. Well, he and just if you read think the rule. about it's not. it's not. And if you think about how am I going to give some kind of a win here? I'm going to put him on bottom. That's his best chance to not give up points. It's genius, frankly. Oh my! Oh, God. so then, so Yanni's in the finals because Musakayev called it a day. He just was on a vision quest to to take out Yanni, and then just said that's that's plenty for me. Um. And then Yanni ends up teching McKenna. That is actually so weird they put him down. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't they just, I, I didn't think or I didn't realize how bad that was at first. Uh, my first time through that. So bad. That's I, awful. <laughs> I've never seen anything. I've never I have actually I can I think I can safely say I've never seen that. The guy just kind of flees out of bounds, it's neutral, and they put him down. That's not, yeah, that's not the And rule. that's not such a clear advantage for Musakaya that he literally gets, This guy yes. loves nothing more than laying down, believe me. So you get it right <laughs> there, you give him a nice, you know, Tempur-Pedic pillow. <laughs> You're not turning this dude. Seriously. Can someone yeah. explain his gas tank? Someone. I've never seen is- anything like it. That's what makes him the goat. Uh, who's goat? No, there's like, oh God, there's got to be Are someone else sure? like it. Um, I'm sure there. I mean, he's obviously uber fast twitch muscles, and he probably doesn't train all that hard. So the combination of those two uh, makes him get. Very, How do you very wrestle hard. like that and not train hard? Uh, he probably so. I mean, he probably did a lot when he was younger, and then well, he I mean, used to be a honestly, 57 kilo guy. Yeah, so this is honestly what happens so, like, for Russia. It's it's not as much like this anymore, but I used to see this more. I think when there was like less clubs and, and less systemized wrestling at the youth level, like a parent really pushes a kid, and the kid develops really great skills. Mm-hmm. And developing great, it's like riding a bicycle. Once you can do the things, you can do the things. You never really forget how to do the things. And then said kid, as a teenager, says like, "Oh, my dad's a dick. I don't really want to wrestle that much anymore." So so they don't train that hard. But they still got some really, really good skills. And then, boom, they, they have great skills and they get tired as crap during a match because they don't want to be out there that much. I'm sure you've seen that, right? Yeah. By and what if he just gotten like, is there any chance he shows up to the Olympic Games in better shape? Like it's Probably the Olympics. Highly, highly unlikely. He's got two months, 
two months to just get in what I would consider decent. <laughs> like, how fast could he run a mile? What do we think? Well, what honestly, do we think? it's still pretty incredible that he still has that fast twitch, even though he seems so incredibly tight. Like, he can still do his fast twitch oh, stuff yeah, at the end of the match. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he, he just... will then just push the limits and lie there for 30 seconds and make his way back to the center in 40 seconds. Maybe he's not Take actually... Take and give up a caution or two. Is it possible he's just not actually as... He thinks he's really tired, but he's not actually all that tired. That's why he can still perform. Maybe it's that. Um, no, because I think when... So I, th- I think what you saw... So, okay, a lot of people, I don't believe, make him wrestle this pace. So if you think about the European style, it's True. definitely a lot slower. Um, so you think of the last time when he engaged, actually engaged Gianni, right? And they, they really wrestled, like, the whole time. He kind of fell over. Right. And so if you notice this time, it was like, don't engage, disengage, walk away, keep space. So he wasn't actually engaging the whole time. So he wasn't having to put out the same level of effort that he was in that in that previous match. So while he got very tired, he did not get as tired as he did the last time he wrestled him. So, um, you know, for him, uh, an Iranian or an American who will push the pace is probably worst case scenario. But a lot of guys, you know, just stand around and wrestle a more slow paced match. Right. Right. Is what I would think. Right. Well, it was it was something else. And then Pantaleo uh, beats Green. Which you know they wrestled, so they wrestled. Ended up wrestling twice this tournament. Mm-hmm. Sort yeah, of. I was so confused when I watched it on Instagram. I'm like, wait, wait, wait! I thought I already saw this match. I, I thought it was the other winner. Well, you I thought right. they might not even wrestle in the final because yeah. they already had. It's it's similar to Yanni's situation because he will now have the and Joey's for that matter. They both now have the guys they wrestled first or second round. Um, Joey for bronze, Yanni for gold. Hmm. So Yanni can still win gold, and his win over. Maybe we should talk a little more about his his match against McKenna because I thought it. Was... I didn't get to watch that yet, but um, the, I I feel like the result to me was very surprising because McKenna has really kind of stepped up the last, I don't know, uh, twelve to eighteen months, and so for Yanni to beat him that bad was kind of shocking. Did Did McKenna wrestle at at uh, Pan Am's? Yeah. Did he... Didn't he beat Destrobats? And that was uh, that was Mc. That was Rivera. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think McKenna did wrestle at Pan Ams. I know he was supposed to, but maybe he, yeah, he did. He did. So that's yeah. a pretty tough back-to-back from Guatemala Guatemala to Poland. So that could be part mm-hmm. of it. But y- Yanni beating him is not a ma- massive upset. He's beaten him before. Um, but normally their matches are very competitive and close. Um, yeah. But Yanni really, he it's a gut wrench here. Which is super, you know. He he goes from takedown to lace to the gut to get up six zero, I think, early or maybe it was just four. I forget how mm-hmm. they they ended up calling it. And a couple exchanges and he ends up uh, ends up winning late and he gets goes for Here, four here. Here's where they only gave one. Yeah, so they're they're sort of consistent there. We could go back and maybe watch that one again. But then they call it four later. They called this four? No, this, oh. this one is one, and then it happens. Well, that, on... But that one, he's like standing out of bounds. and it's, The last one was a straight, I feel like, uh, continuation, which is you know what they usually say is continuation. On that one, I right. feel like he stands there for a second like, okay, steps, steps. Yeah, he takes two. Yeah, he did an extra yeah. step. Yeah. So it was like a third step out of bounds before he actually threw him. 
Yanni has crazy pop for like how you you sort of think of him as this like lanky, scrambly kind of guy. He's got some real mm-hmm. horsepower in some positions. Yeah, um, for sure. So he's up nine four. So it's not that McKenna wasn't scoring, but Yanni's offense was really clicking. He was getting the legs really consistently. And yeah, I, I it, feel like he's attacking even at a higher rate than we've I ever. I think he seen was a little pissed before. off after the Mishkaev match. Yeah. Oh, and then was that was that for into the sign and TV. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that, that one was match. more similar than the other one because there it's one step and then a pop. Yeah, I mean that's that's like identical to the. Uh, Musakaya. Musakaya one that he didn't yes. get. Yes. Yeah, it is. Man, it's tough. It, it does. It's it's a similar, same as folk style and freestyles. It's it's tough to, you know, it's a tough sport to follow when you don't know how it's going to be called. And um, if they, yeah. someone got really serious about rule consistency, it would, the sport would benefit from it. Yeah, Absolutely. I really love. I think this is the first time we've been doing this, where we're watching these clips during the match. It's really tremendous. Or during the podcast, it's really tremendous. I, I bet it. the people that uh, listen on iTunes and Spotify—they're so it. pissed. They <laughs> <love> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> good. Well, good thing for y'all listeners on iTunes and Spotify. All these matches on flowwrestling.org. You can go watch them. Oh. And as is this I, video file of, yes, of the show. So. You can have it in any way you like it. What do we make uh, long-term? Because we, we talked yesterday. It's like Green Pantaleo looked to be the class of 70 domestically for America. Yes. Pantaleo has not beaten Green to this point. And it, if you'd asked me yesterday, I'd be like, yeah, it's probably something where just a bad matchup for Pantaleo, and he may never really crack the code. And then the ne- next day, he beats him. Uh, what, do you, what does it make you think long-term about 70? I still would favor James Green. I think it's just one of the things Pantaleo's a tough out. He's wrestled James Green enough times to where he knows what he wants to do. I feel – I don't know, but there's a good chance James Green went into that match going, I already beat this guy like mm-hmm. earlier today. Now I got to wrestle him again. Whereas Pantaleo's like, I got nothing to lose. Um, great coaching staff. Um, with the Michigan coaches, they put together a little bit of a plan. He executed. Uh, you know, he didn't let Green control the ties and the pace. He more kind of worked from space and I feel like he was executed more well. Too. Higher, higher shot volume in this match than in the previous one. Um, yeah, he, I would say I, fa- I favor Yeah, like favor look at James this one Green. right off the whistle. Yep. We're 20 seconds in and he's already got two takedowns. Um, I, I would say I would favor Green, but yeah, I think, I think these two are going to be the class of uh, this weight class probably till the next cycle and it's funny because they're two guys who are essentially stuck here right we've, we've watched them um, try to go down neither one of them can do it they're not as effective up at the next weight class and th- this is kind of a you know the right weight class for for both of them and uh, I think they, they stay kind of the class of this what you know one two for the next couple of years yes so it will be an interesting rivalry to see how it materializes over the next couple of years or so and what other 70s could potentially enter the, the conversation. Jason Nolf went 0-1. He, uh, I won't say he had it won because that's a little dramatic, but he was really in position to win this match against a, a high-quality guy Did in Kaisanov. Kaisanov, didn't he place pretty high the one year? So I don't know about his placements, but I know – He's got some really good wins. Let me find. Um, well, the year that it was in Kazakhstan, I thought he placed really high. 
Uh, oh no! Come on! Yeah, yeah. So go uh, back to see it's this crazy he's, Peterson. He, he, yeah, he usually has a great feel for that kind of stuff. I'm really shocked that he was able to go through there. And also, his hips are pretty low. I mean, Jason wasn't out of position. That guy was uh, he was generating some serious power from that Peterson. Yeah, it's a weird uh, a position you wouldn't expect. I mean, Nolf, if we go back and, and really talk about the scenario, it's 34 seconds to le- left. Nolf is is up one. He hits a beautiful duck, yes, and just his right. near leg ends up in. And I, yeah, I, actually, Cassano sort of steps over and puts the near leg in, yes. and then rolls. No, he does. Yeah, that, so that's that impressive by Cassano. Very impressive. This is a guy with, with wins over Franklin Gomez. He's beaten Takatani, a world silver medalist, Yadov, and Kirov. So he's beaten some good guys. Would have been a good opportunity because if Nolf had won, he would have got to wrestle Chimizo. Um, I, saw th- I thought the year that it was um, – so obviously I think it would have been a bronze. I thought the year that the worlds were in – When they were in Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, he took bronze in 2019. He did. Okay. Yes. So uh, – I was right there. Yeah. Yes. So he's a world okay. medalist, and uh, you know, tough tough match for Nolf, but you you see that he can go with these guys. It's just maybe you got to yes. be. Uh, well, also two points is is a tough. It's tough to win any match with just two points on on the board as well. Um, yeah. Especially these savvy savvy foreigners, and he really showed mm-hmm. his savviness there with that. Yeah, and I mean, but that was, I think, what we were, what was the last week we were talking about Jason Nolf and kind of the issues he has in freestyle and how he hasn't been able to, to translate his dynamic folk style offense into dynamic freestyle offense. And so he sometimes he's in these lower scoring matches. Mm hmm. Okay. So, where to next? That was a, it's a lot of uh, fun wrestling there. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving that we're getting to watch it more now that uh, you guys have the coverage. Tremendous. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about Hamida. Maybe could be the Olympian for Egypt. Mohammedian looks like he'll be the guy. I, I think Hamida doesn't fall within the window of being available to wrestle at the Olympics, but Darn. I'm not positive. I feel like since he transferred pre-Olympics, maybe there's so still late. somehow it happens, but it, I would be surprised. Other American uh, interests. Gwiz going for gold against Zare. Zare... Zare's beat him in the past, 10-0, I believe. So. Bless you. Uh, and Nate Jackson going for bronze, not against Jaden. He is 1-1 one one on the day. He very nearly beat Baranowski of Poland, but lost 8-7 late. Um, Baranowski, very, very tough guy. I think Downey beat Baranowski at Worlds in 19. So uh, good stuff there. And yeah, we're loving Poland. So, how much more to go is there in, in Poland, JD? Uh, well, there's the finals for the weights that are wrestled today, and then uh, Greco and women's uh, following today's. Cool. So keep your eyes open for that. And then what is what is next on the international schedule? Do we have much between now and the games? Uh, not not much really. There'll be a few like random tournaments, but uh, nothing like this. A ranking series. This is the final um, ranking series leading up to the Olympics. So yeah, that's pretty much Wait, it. So um, 
What what do you guys call the the Yasser Doe? Um, Yasser I'm, Doe. I'm guessing that will, that'll have a pretty good. I mean, I know we're not going, but that'll probably have a pretty good field. And then the Ali Aliyev, I remember historically that's been pretty good. And they're those are the same weekend in late June. Correct. Yeah, the 25th through 27th. Um, Yasher Doe's been very good the past couple of years because it's been a ranking series, which it is not this year, but it it will still be good probably. Yeah, normally a very tough tournament. Okay, why don't we go to um, some 133 tiers? Because I think this yes. could be this could be fun. Um, I was looking through the the last couple big boards, making sure I'm like, am I missing any potential freshmen contenders that could be coming in? And for 133, I didn't see much. Um, you know, I thought I I'm not really sure. Did are there any I'm potentially missing there? Uh, JD, uh, no one that I can think of. Off no, the yeah. list. you got to read the list today because yesterday you, did, you didn't read the list. Yeah, bad radio. So here's radio. tier one, and there's a little bit of a leap here, and I think it's interesting, um, but I think it makes sense, and I hope it's what happens. I have tier one being Roman Bravo Young, Dayton Dwayne Fix, and Sebastian Rivera. Now, of course, Ooh. Rivera wrestled at 141 last year. And I think it would make sense for him to come down. Uh, I think he wrestled his best at 133. He looked amazing last last year, I'll say. At 33, 41, he wasn't quite the same. And I think it makes sense for Rutgers, more importantly. Yes. With Sammy Alvarez, he registered at 61, and we talked about that. I was like, wait, can this guy make 61? No, he wrestled at 65, which is 143.3. So... That, to me, says Alvarez has outgrown 133 for sure. You've got Sebastian Rivera. He's got a year left. Why not cut him down to 33 where he's wrestled really well? you got to figure he can do it. I, I can't imagine he's outgrown 33 that much. Um, thoughts on, one, this first tier, and, two, Sebastian potentially going 33. Um, I'm excited about Sebastian going 133. I think it's probably the right weight class. I have no inside information whatsoever. Nor I. And I, I love the, the yeah, first tier. I, I totally agree with it. And I don't think you bumped the Santo into tier one because it's been a while since he's beaten those guys. So I think it's I think it's perfect. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like if you if you look at if you just list Austin DeSanto's career wins, it, it would you could say, okay, yeah, for sure, tier one, but the last two years, I feel like the tier one kind of guys, he's lost close. He lost close to Dayton Fix. He lost close to Roman. Yeah. Uh, but it's not been, you know. He didn't have any of those wins. No. He get has, over the hump. You got to get over the hump, right? So I feel like he and Corbin Myers are kind of like removed enough from the third group of guys that they, they're just kind of on their own little island. I feel like Corbin established himself um, there. Now, I'm curious what you think about that, J.D., yeah, no, I, I think, I think, yeah, I agree with this. I, I don't know. I, I might drop Corbin down with Bird and Cannon. Really? Why? I, I, I feel like DeSanto has yeah, maybe separated himself a little bit from Corbin. Hmm. It was a ten-six win, which I think is is notable right um 
Corbin's only loss last year were to Austin and RBY. He beat Lucas Bird 8-5. He beat Mickey Phillippe 3-1. I don't know. I I could see DeSanto Island in Tier 2. Yeah. I I could definitely see that for sure. So DeSanto Island Tier 2, which makes Tier 3, Corbin Myers, Lucas Bird, Chris Cannon, Mikhail McGee, and Mickey Phillippe. I see one of these guys beating... Corbin more likely than Corbin beating DeSanto. Or, or yeah. And any of those guys beating DeSanto would be relatively shocking. Yes. I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. So maybe so. Um, then again, if Mickey Philippi beat Austin DeSanto, yeah, I don't think that's a good matchup, actually. That was a couple years ago, right? No, I don't think he ever beat Austin. Oh. Uh, Mickey beat Dw- Dayton. He did. Yeah. Weird match, though. Um. And then next tier, Price, Chance Rich, Trombley, Sullivan, and Schmidt. So this weight, once again, sort of falls off a little bit after yes. that that next tier. Yeah, I th- someone told me maybe Schmidt's going up. I, I don't know if I heard that right. Um, I, f- I, feel that like that's a, I feel like that's something I've heard, but um, maybe I, I could totally be wrong because, yeah, I mean, weight class-wise, it doesn't make sense for Mizzou because Mizzou at – 41 has Allen Hart and Josh have been both really good. And yeah, then go up to the bench. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then obviously Mahler at 49. So it doesn't make sense. But I feel like maybe they just told, maybe someone just told me he was cutting a whole bunch of weight, something like that. Yeah, maybe so. But I think he's going to probably have to, I mean, Hart, yeah, he Hart's fantastic. Edmund, good. Edmund, one of those guys will be one of the best backups in, in America. Yeah. Right. Both those guys are all American threats. And mm-hmm. it's going to be tough for both of them to start unless they do something with Mahler. And Mahler goes up, but everyone says Mahler doesn't really cut. Mahler and what well, Mahler did wrestle though. So when people say that he did wrestle, uh, we just saw him in the finals against Jacory Teamer at seventy kg, which one fifty four. He chose not to go down to one sixty five, which you know would be under his one forty nine. But yeah, I mean I've heard the same thing where he doesn't cut. Um, so Mahler has a red shirt left. Jacobs has a red shirt left. Keegan has a red shirt left. All three of those guys do have a red shirt. Um, but yeah, when you look at kind of bumping up, because they could play, well, Edmund sells red shirt then also. So when you look at that, like there's ways to finagle that around. Uh, but it would True. also probably include at some point Mahler going to 57, Jacobs going to 65 to kind of make room um, while Keegan red shirts and then, and then scooting back down or something. Yeah, Brock may not cut much, but he does look like a guy that could bulk, could could get yes. bigger because he's got kind of a, a longer frame. So I could see him putting on the size. But it's also like if you're for the freestyle weights, if you're a true one forty nine pounder, sixty five kilos is a, a that's a real pull. A lot of a lot of our forty nines have went down there, Christian. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the way um, where where you see guys wind up, but. I think we kind of discount the fact that it's it's almost six pounds less, right? That, uh, that's that's substantial. Yeah, but you think about uh, Jordan Oliver, one forty nine, Metcalf, Molinaro, Zane. I mean, that's where forty nine pounders go generally. Right, but um, a lot but, of those were also day be- like day before. Metcalf never did a day of. Um, Jo yeah, sure. had to completely morph himself to be able to do it. You're you're right. I, I, I realize that. But also... Because it's such a big jump to the next Olympic weight class. But I'd, yeah, and I'd also say that that's a little different than just college guys 
entering freestyle tournaments just to, you know, when they have a college weight that kind of anchors them. Whereas yeah. Jordan Oliver, your only thing is making the Olympic team at this way, right? You're not worried yeah. about mm-hmm. your college weight. So it's, it's a little different in that way. Yeah, Missouri's gonna be an interesting team next year. I'm curious what their lineup's gonna look like. Hey, Only they just had someone. a good signee last night. Um, Zeke Stelzer from uh, Indiana. He's, he's number four in your guys' rankings. He's a junior. Um, pretty good pickup for the Tigers, especially because they kind of needed. You know, they're kind of stacked up top a little bit right now, um, even to the point where they have some really good guys who are on the bench. Um, needed some guys down low to fill in after the, you know, the Schmidt and Hart leave. Right, um, good pick up there. Other John, I don't Martin, know. I've never seen him wrestle. Tell me more about him. Seek Seltzer. What do you know, JD? Uh, I don't know too much about him other than pretty much his credentials. I've I haven't watched him okay. wrestle in person too much. All right, well, I got I got to go watch him then at Fargo, or ho- hopefully goes to Fargo or somewhere like that. John Martin Best. Uh, he was originally committed to Air Force and was at the academy there. He's going to be going to Maryland. He was a he's a Parkersburg guy, Parkersburg, West Virginia. Isn't he a isn't he a senior this year? No. John Mark Best is only junior. No, no, no. He he's been out of he's been graduated. Oh, he's been graduated. So he's he's at Air Force and he has left. Yeah, he was at the Got academy, it. the okay. thing they go to before they go, or not the academy. Yeah, the, um, What's it called? The Air Force Prep. Prep school. The Air Force Prep school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, none of us are troops, so we don't know the terminology very well. Uh, yeah. Is there any other recruiting news, JD, uh, that I maybe have missed? To set about um, that Mizzou pickup, that was nice. Yeah, and we've touched on the real big ones as of late. Um, here, starting next week, um, I think they'll really start to roll in. College coaches can start to contact uh Kids that are done with their sophomore year going into junior year, um, I believe starting the 15th. So after that, I think we'll start to see a lot come in. Um, I'm going to have to start a rumor. We're going to go. I'm going to start talk, just saying Jesse Mendez to Mizzou to speak it into existence. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. They're both from Indiana, so him and Seltzer, they're probably buddies, right? I mean, come on. 33, yeah, 41, so. something like that. Yeah, let's do it. Jesse Mendez to Mizzou. That would be a good good pickup. I don't think he's on their list, but you know what? Maybe so. Yeah, never know. Well, they got three Tigers on the junior world team with them this year, so who knows? Maybe they make best friends, and there you, there you go. That was actually one of the questions uh, uh, I wanted to answer. Let's see, who was it? Someone said, um, you know, does the in-person recruiting trip make a uh, – what does a normal college visit look like? Does it really sway kids that often? And yeah, let's, I, I let's would pull have, that one in. Yeah, that's uh, who was that? That's uh, Daniel Magana. Uh, I think it's so. I think it's so huge too. And I, I could just, I could tell you the feeling I had of all the co- colleges I went on a visit on. The reason I chose Mizzou, and Mizzou was a, a distant number one to remember. I just I loved it when I went there. I just felt like really a connection with the team. I felt a connection with Coach Smith. Um, you know, I was able to make a good decision. I, so all four of the guys that met on my first recruiting trip, um, I'm still friends with them to the, to this day. You know, we're talking 20 years later. I'm still close with all those guys. So I, I, I felt a certain connection with them. Um, I loved the town. I loved Coach Smith. Um, and yeah, so, you know, for me, that that was it. That was what sold me. Uh, you know, I said a few of the other towns, they felt too small. 
Um, I didn't feel certain connections other places. So yeah, for me, that was huge. And I, I kind of always feel like that's a big thing to kids. Like go there, see how it feels. I mean, this is a place you have to live for five years. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to rely on the reputation of the wrestling program to make your decision for you, that's a, that's a bad idea. You got to kind of like the whole thing. Yeah. So it, it's funny because uh, there's a few recruiting, you know, scenarios you, you actually kind of hear and you're talking to parents or talking to the kids about what. It, and one of the first things that comes up is like, yeah, that, this school makes sense. It's an awesome school. It's a really good team. But he didn't really click with the team or didn't really like have those yeah. those connections. So it's funny how that it's a, it's really you could consider it sort of a non wrestling thing ends up swaying a lot of guys. But when mm -hmm. when it comes to the blue chips, it's it's like you see, you know, there's so many opportunities and so many teams you can really succeed at. So that can really be the they can envision yeah. themselves winning at all these places. So where are they going to enjoy themselves the most, right? Yeah. Like I remember, um, this was this was kind of funny because I I don't remember what class this was seventeen or eighteen, but like, um, Brayton Lee was uncommitted uh, at this point. And it was who's number one, and you know everyone's like, is he gonna go? Where is he gonna go? Here's he gonna go? There's he gonna go to Virginia Tech, wherever. And then I just remember he and Pat McKee palled around this whole time, and they were just like clearly like very close friends. And then we left, and we're like, I feel like he's just gonna go to Minnesota because he and Pat McKee just like. Our boys, <laughs> and he ends up going. You know, he ends up going. There. I mean, that, but that's so important. I mean, of like, um, you know, or a guy like Matt Pell, who I I committed to Missouri first, and we were friends in high school. And it's like, yeah, I had a huge part recruiting Matt Pell to Missouri because we were close friends. And guess what? We're still friends to this, you know, to this day. Um, and so it's like that, man, that's such a huge part. So, well, I don't know. Hopefully, Mendez and Seltzer are friends, and then hopefully, Mendez gets to be friends with. You know, Keegan's a nice guy. I don't know. I don't have a hung out no. with Rocky Elam and Colton Hawks, so they look like nice guys too. Maybe they'll become best friends. There we go. Mendez of Missouri. Keegan is a nice guy. Um, Mendez did um, take a trip to Ohio State uh, this past weekend. Um, there was a picture Definitely of him. Definitely no nice guys there. <laughs> 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 there was a picture of him uh, in a Buckeye singlet that got posted on nice. twitter oh where's that let's let's pull that in uh, there it is oh wow that was fast Boom. who's next to him i can't see that well who is that next to him i it's a very small uh quinn hours who's that i don't know wow i can't tell you okay. much about quinn got it um so Hey, I want to give you guys an update too. I, I did kill some groundhogs. I got they're four four down, Ooh. and so I don't want you to think Keegan, Keegan was a failure. He killed zero groundhogs, but mm -hmm. um, you know I, I brought someone else into the fold, and uh, we, we got four of them. How how did you do it? Uh, trap, trap them. Yeah, and then is, do you guys have some groundhog stew? Uh, ooh, that's gross. No, but yeah, they're, they're they're gone. They, mm -hmm. they will not be back. All right. Well, I hope that. Uh, <laughs> I hope that that is a, the beginning of a solution to your problem. Yes. It okay. Is. Let's keep going with the the question. That oh, was not ahead. that was not Quinn Hours. Sorry, I'm still not exactly sure who that is. But I did find uh, it took me a while, but uh, where I saw the Russians are now sending their ones. It's the Sassery, um, which is in two weekends, I believe. Uh, I think that's on flow. Do we have that one? I don't think so because oh, it's, it's not, not a ranking, ranking series anymore. That's another one, someone today I should know that has been a ranking series in the past. I was thinking it was going to be a little down this year, but if Russia is sending their number ones, because originally they were reporting that they were going to send them to Poland. 
um, but then they backed out, and now they're sending them to the Sassery, from, yeah, what, from what it sounds like, where they will probably smash everybody. Smash. What international tournaments does Russia send their ones to that has a heavy level of talent from outside Almost of Russia? Almost none. Europeans. They basically don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like a European, which is like basically a sort of a mandated thing. They have to participate yes. in it. If they send their ones is one thing, but um, they basically don't That's do what... it. So I, I feel like they saw the Poland entries. They're like, well, no, I don't want uh, our heavyweight to see Zare, or I don't want Sajulayev. To... No one should get a feel for Mohamedian. Mm-hmm. So, or Mohamedian should get a feel for Sajulayev. So no, we're not going. That's it. That's yeah. That's one of those things where if you think about making international wrestling. Um, a bigger deal. You have to you have to have your superstars out there on a more regular basis. And the fact that Russia, like a lot of those dudes, only show up twice a year, that's not it's not great for spectators. No. Um, they need to be you know showing up ideally eight ten times a year. Um, and I, I know that's probably impossible, but that's probably yeah. if we're talking from a spectator standpoint, most ideal. Wrestlers wrestling, I find, is one of the most important parts in popularity <laughs> of the sport. For real though, but people don't get it. They don't. They like people rarely cite that. If you're talking about international wrestling, people very rarely cite that fact. I yeah. think it's cited. We cite it here. Uh, yeah, let let like it not be said. We don't cite it. Cited quite a bit. And UWW knows that. That's why they put rankings. in the ranking series, um, and not just a seating committee or continue it completely random draw. They want to entice guys to wrestle, but. When you weigh the ranking series heavily enough to where winning a world title um, basically gives you the number one spot um, or winning a world title and then winning Euros gives you the number one spot and you don't have to compete at anything else, it kind of, I don't want to say diminishes that, but it, 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 it there's no need to wrestle yeah. outside of that or you just don't care. You can also that too. Tell me why this is a bad idea that you would have to qualify as an individual for the for the world championships that you would have to sag alive you would have to go through some sort of a process to no, uh, so I I but I, so I I don't actually like that answer I like the um I mean it's not bad I don't I don't hate it but I would prefer the the way you could incentivize other people to wrestle would be Every team gets one representative, and then you have a set amount of wild cards based on how they did. You know, maybe it's four extra guys get to wrestle or six extra guys get to wrestle. Then all your guys would be hugely incentivized to go compete more so they got enough points to be the wild card and be the representative at the Worlds. I wouldn't mind that. that. Yeah. One thing I wonder about wrestling. Yeah. I wonder how. um, Okay. Let's say Russia gets two, and they'll get two in many ways, if not more. Like, how do they. You know, do they let the guys wrestle each other? Do they make the ones uh, the winner against the twos and the two? They make the because like in America we get we have a lot more choice in those sorts of things. But like, Russia would be like, no, you're not wrestling. This guy's wrestling, kind of thing. If they yeah. were to hit at Worlds, that'd be one thing I would worry about. Yeah, um, that would be. I mean, yeah, I, I think you're going to have to. I mean, obviously they're going to be on opposite sides of the brackets, so they would only meet in the finals of the place matches because you're not going to put the same country on the same side. True. Um, so. I don't know. Maybe they lay down in the finals. Maybe, but then maybe you you know they they can do that gimmick where they uh well the Cuban wrestlers were throwing the matches and um you're right they suspended them for two years so you could always do that too. 
Right. Um, okay, let's get to some questions. Some more questions. Oh, hold on. I got to update. Quinn Ewers is the number one football quarterback, and he's got a sick mullet. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. Mullet update. For, this is a weird – I didn't understand this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Joe Feeminer, back in high school, how many days in a row did ask him wear the same pair of blue jeans without washing? Um, I don't – so, listen, I, uh, I don't recall doing that. Um, I'm not saying it's without the realm of possibility. There's, there's a definite possibility that, that happened. Um, I had multiple pairs of jeans in high school. Currently, I have one pair of nice jeans. I mean, I rarely wear jeans. I maybe wear jeans once every other week or something. We're not talking very often, so they, they do get washed. Um, but yes, I have like one pair of nice jeans that I wear, and that's it. I'm, I'm a simple man. I don't need more than one pair of jeans. There you go. That's a lot I more do jeans. do multiple flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Emmett Brown. Pantaleo looks amazing, but is he just another James Green, though, in the sense that he's sandwiched between two Olympic weight classes? Is his yeah. body type conducive to a weight class up or down? Yeah, I think he's absolutely sandwiched. He's- he said he can't or won't go down, and I do not see a world where he beats Kyle Dake or Jordan Burroughs. I although I am here for Alec Pantaleo getting up to seventy four kilograms, bulk, and just bulk, bulk how job. preposterous he would look. His biceps would be enormous. It'd be they are enormous. They they are currently enormous. The idea of a hundred sixty five pound Alec Pantaleo. He would literally be Popeye meme. He is the Popeye <laughs> meme. The Italian Popeye. That's funny. Um. Okay. Next question. <laughs> I, I'm sure Ben's got at least one of these. Craziest kids wrestling parent story, please. Oh man, um, hmm. The one, there's one funny one that I always remember, um, and it, this is when I was younger. But my high school coach, Coach Messing, was coaching the youth program. Um, I think I was back helping out or something like a young, younger college kid. And th- this is just wrestling parents who think they know more. And this guy is like, "You're, you're definitely teaching that wrong." Um, they're not driving at the right vectors. And then, you know, so the coach was like, well, like, are you a wrestler? He's like, no, but I'm a doctor. And I, I know, I know how to, I know geometry or some, some, some total nonsense. And they've got, they got to drive at different vectors. And it was just like total eye roll. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Um, that's probably what you do at the five, one, two practice, right? You talk about vectors. Heck no. Heck no. <laughs> Dude, I'm not a nerd. I don't know any of that stuff. I'm <laughs> I may be a nerd, but I am an idiot, so <laughs> so kind of steps on me a little bit there. No, I was um, man, I freaking love, I love going to watching wrestling practice. It's really, I'm really, I see myself morphing into the <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like I literally this morning. You know what? You know what I did? What's that? I I watched the Jaden match this morning, mm. and I was like, oh my gosh, we talked about this yet? Mike was talking about this with Caleb yesterday. Because he was wanting to, he was wrestling a taller kid and working on his finish, yeah. and he couldn't get the foot in the armpit, so he was going both under like this. And Mike was like, "Well, I don't really like that because they can kick out." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then when it happened, I was like, "Katie, show Caleb this. See, I'd be like, it even happens to Jaden Cox. So <laughs> it'll be fun for our our viewers to watch me transform into the wrestling dad, and um, you know, hopefully, I don't end up doing really." getting too obsessed with it, but it is fun. Um, I mean, obviously I've seen a few kids fights at kids tournaments. So there was the one that went around the internet since everyone's got cameras, but I remember a couple when I was a kid and um, 
I don't believe my dad was involved in any way, shape, or form, but it's like two dudes started fighting, and you're like, holy crap, this is so ridiculous. Yeah, there's there's some ridiculous parents at some uh, Buffalo Gap Youth tournaments that, that I can <laughs> recall. I can still see the one guy, the Fort Defiance mm-hmm. dad. Um, and then, uh, predictably, his kid ended up having some real um, emotional issues in wrestling. <laughs> it's uh, tale as old as time. JD, I bet you saw some stuff in Iowa. Uh, Nothing. Come too on. crazy, actually. No, not really. That's just because yeah. J- JD thinks that all this stuff's normal. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what high school are you from, JD? What? Where am I we're from? At, in Iowa. Yeah, we're in Iowa. Central Iowa, just a little bit north of Ames. Jewel. 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 Hamilton County. South Hamilton High School, baby. Go Hawks. <laughs> Do you know who else is from Hamilton County? No idea. Andy Hamilton. It's true. That's serious. That's true. He went to Northeast ah. Hamilton, and I went to South Hamilton High School. Wait, so how does Hamil? How is Hamilton so big in the middle of nowhere that it has no- multiple directional high schools? Because it's huge. Because Hamilton County is huge. Like if you were in oh Hamilton, the whole county. To I was like an hour to th- school. Oh, I was thinking it was like a city. Like we're talking like say for example in Ame, where my wife's from, Blue Valley. Uh, so over on Park, they have Blue Valley North, Blue Valley Northwest. Oh, no. Right? This is literally county with miles and miles of farm in between. Got it. <laughs> wow. That is up there in Mill Nowhere, right there by Stanhope. Uh, yeah. Slice of the good life. <laughs> nice. Okay. Slice of the good life. Um, I have a Stanhope t-shirt that I wear sometimes. Please, please wear it again. Someone with the watermelon. Oh, that's a good one. All right, next question. If Wick goes to Penn State, who will win the national title next year, and why won't it be Penn State? Because Iowa is uh, returning everybody. Ooh, I don't know. If, 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 well, they already got Max Dean. If they get Evan Wick, too, uh, I'm favoring Penn State. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, without – just off the top of my head, I would still favor Iowa without whiteboarding, whiteboard, ward, whiteboard warring it out. Well, so I, so for, in a dual meet format, I think you could t- definitely favor Iowa, especially because uh, Penn State still doesn't have great answers at forty nine or fifty seven. Um, but you think about the amount of points. Okay, national champ thirty three, national champ forty one. That's twenty five ish points each. Sixty five. Evans probably going to be top three plus some bonus because he's good on top. So that's another twenty ish twenty ish points. Um, 74, you got a national champ. We're talking 20 plus points. Um, and then you have two national champs, 84, 97. So you're talking another 20, 25 ish. I mean, we're talking, that's 130 points just between those guys right there. Yeah. Um, I doing the math wrong there. No, you're not doing it wrong. I, I would say, I think Penn state has a better shot. Maybe this is wrong. Maybe I have this backwards, but I think they have a better shot in a duel. Than, than why, so why do you think so? Because so I mean, the way I'm looking at it is those those guys are all, you know, a Roman Bravo Young's only going to score three points, but he's going to score you know 25 and that. You know, they're yeah. they're gonna those yeah, guys the those, thing those is Spencer. Six, yeah, those six are going to score very high level points at NCA. Is like it's hard to see. I guess maybe Max Dean. Take Max Dean out. It's hard to see any of those guys finishing below fourth place. Very difficult to see for me. Yeah. That's fair. I, I'm curious. I'm curious about Kirkfleet. What's he look like next year, folk style? Yeah. Um, Cassiope beat him soundly last year. Can he do that yeah. again? Um, Max, that, to me, Max is the thing. 
and also we're we're hypothesizing about Wick, who is in State College right now, I believe. He's on his visit. Definitely sometime this week, yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that's definitely notable. But I think tournament, it's going to be tougher just because this similar to last year, there are going to be some spots where they're just not likely to score big points, whereas Iowa should have scores everywhere. Um, yeah. I just wonder, you know, I just see more winnable matches. And basically, if you get to five or six wins, you can do it. And for me, it makes sense to say, okay, Penn State can win 33-41. They could win 65-74. Well, they are almost guaranteed 84. Now, 97 becomes much more interesting okay, with yeah. with Dean. And then heavyweight, I don't – obviously, the favorite at heavyweight is Cassiope. But, man, if Kirkley got, a, you know, 10% better and, you know, he didn't have a full offseason. He, he had a lot of training yeah. disruptions. I think he it's was easy. not 100 percent healthy. I think I think you can I think you can talk yourself into Penn State challenging more in a duel than a, in a tournament. I think it's going to be a, a lot tougher. Do you, because well, really, well, I mean, look at Iowa's national tournament this year. Um, and are, are you going to say like, hey, they underperformed? They're not going to do that next year, or you know, what is because when you add up the points, I mean, what's their final score? Uh, the NCAA tournament? I bet they get more points out of Marinelli next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one twenty nine. Uh, so they scored one without without Kirk Fleet. I laid out how they're going to get Penn State's going to get one hundred thirty points. Um, so just you're adding, you're essentially adding Wick at sixty five, where they scored zero, and you're adding Max Dean, um, which I guess maybe is not a huge upgrade at ninety seven because you did get some solid points out of Beard, but I think you're probably get, I, I would guess more out of Max Dean. Um, you know, Caleb Young obviously didn't have a great tournament. Um, took seventh, and then. Uh, Max Muren obviously didn't place, and but I, the, the weight classes aren't getting easier next year. They're they're really not. They're actually going to get tougher because you're adding in all the Ivies, and essentially nobody graduated. Right. Um, I, what I think for you know Penn State at twenty five, you know, I don't think I you can expect much more production there, especially if Howard yes. redshirts. I don't think Steen um, forty nine. I, I don't know what they're doing there. Um, yeah. You know, and if if they if they redshirt Bartlett, which I believe is the plan, and it's Van Ness, then right away I don't I don't know if, which I don't know that they do that, but if they did, I'm not sure he's a guaranteed placer right out Definitely the gate, because um, he, he's no been taking some losses. Also, Murin had mono, and was like basically not training between Big Tens and NCAs, so okay. you should expect some better production. He had mono at Big Tens, so mono. Mono. He had one nucleus. <laughs> That's not a lot of nuclei to work with. Okay. So Fair I enough. think that – and 84 is going to be interesting because what do they do there with, with Abe, with Nelson? How do they um, – because, you know, do, Nelson did not have a great – Patrick Kennedy up. Do you – that's interesting. I had not considered that either. Yeah, um, I mean – only one weight class and if he's stuck behind Kemmer you might as well you know if he's the best guy if he definitely is the best guy you definitely put him in for sure right right and I, I think well the thing is you say for sure but they could he has a red shirt yeah that is true yeah maybe red shirt him well but I mean Iowa I think we've always seen Iowa's winning a team title is um, the, the number one priority so if he's gonna help him win a team title they're probably gonna put him in 
Yeah. And, you know, Tom Brands has famously said and said on multiple occasions, we don't we don't punt on years. We, we put our best lineup out every year. We try to yeah. win nationals every single year. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case. But when you've got – when you have Nelson and Abe – the the amount of improvement Patrick Kennedy would have to provide for you to not let him redshirt and yeah not that he didn't just have a redshirt year but you know what I mean um, yeah no I got you it makes sense it was kind of thrown about like would would Kimmer ever consider moving up another weight um, and, and going yeah. eighty four and then Kennedy slides in at at seventy four next year that would be interesting but I, I don't think that's the direction they're going to yeah, go. Yeah, I don't think it's beneficial because I think that's how that I feel like I feel like seventy four is going to be tough next year because people moving into the weight class. But I feel like that top tier eighty four is really tough also, and that so then you're going to have a challenge to get um, Kemmer as many points, and then you're also going to have you know I don't think Kennedy is a lock for the top couple at one seventy four because that's a tough weight class too. Yeah. So seventy four next year adds Mackay. Adds Shane Griffith. Hidley. Adds Hidley. In addition to the returning national champion, Carter Storacci, Michael yeah, Kammerer, who was who was the favorite. Mike Labriola. Yeah, I don't I think if you're Iowa, you need Kimmer at that weight because as good as we all think Kennedy's gonna be, that is just a that's a ridiculous field. That's gonna be the I think without question the most entertaining, toughest weight yeah. by far. And one of the toughest we've seen in a while. I have two, two, three NCAA champs and Michael it's especially Yeah, and it's especially cool because, um, you know, I think it's the most fun when you haven't seen certain guys compete against each other. And because Hayden's been at 157 and Makai and Shane have been at 165, you're going to see a lot of mixing that you haven't seen done before. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause yeah. we're mixing three weight classes. So how many total NCAA finalists is that? A lot. <laughs> it's like five. Five NCAA um, finalists. Goodness yeah, gracious. Is that what it's be? So yeah, I think I always gotta have Kimmer in that spot. Um so I just think the the holes that, that Penn State has are just gonna get that's Iowa's big advantage. Whereas you can kind of figure out a way they can get five wins or six wins Penn State over over Iowa in a dual one-time setting. I think the probabilities of, of Iowa just having a lot of low placements or not high enough placements is just less. I just think that's less likely, but we'll see. And we'll see what it looks like with if Wick goes there, right? Because that's, yeah. that's the thing that makes this a, a, a question, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, if the, if he doesn't, I mean, Joe Lee obviously wasn't the answer. I feel like Penn State, I don't know how they got to fill those weight classes with someone who can score big points. If they, if Evan Wick doesn't go there, I, I think it's a heavily favorite for Iowa because you're taking, I don't want to say a for sure twenty ish points, but I mean that's a, at the NCAA tournament. That's a that's it's a fifteen big swing anyway, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah and fifteen. And Facundo, is, as I think he's going to be fantastic, but what? You know, we'll see, right? Year one, is he yeah. ready to come in? And I don't know. What if you get Facundo down in 157? Oh, That's, my gosh. No, no. way. <laughs> Wait, didn't he just wrestle 160? Yeah. Wait, did he? Uh, 160 well, point... 163. Yeah, one sixty three. Well, that's that's um. Get this man down. Put him on the John Smith weight descent plan. We got him down. Yeah, because that's right. worked out Listen. great in the past for everybody. Facundo fifty seven. We might have a plan here. 
But 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 why? Because who's gonna be at sixty five? It's not like they're oh, gonna. No, I, I'm saying if Whit goes there. If Whit oh goes there. oh yeah. okay, got it. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. I think if Whit goes there, it's like great. Fukunda can redshirt. So then, do you do you think Joe Lee is more effective at one fifty seven than he is at uh, one sixty five? Uh, I've heard that thrown around. I don't, I don't see it as some something that's gonna. I mean, if he was, yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I also don't think so. Okay, um, so fun team race discussion there. This is just kind of a funny comment. Owings is to Dan Gable as Kassar is to Gable Dan. I say yes. I say yes also. <sighs> yeah, except if the only thing was – it's like the reverse order. Like yes, the thing that made it so year. insane is that Gable had never lost, and then he goes here, and then Gable Dan was losing as a freshman, so it's a little, little different. Yeah. Well, they have their names flipped, and they have the years they lost flipped too. Oh, my gosh. My mind is blown. I feel like we have to stop the show now. Um, okay. This is a fun one. This may, this may take the remaining uh, portion of, of the show. How will the new name, image, and likeness laws impact NCAA wrestling? Follow up. How many current NCAA wrestlers will realistically be able to get a national sponsorship? Um, and this guy, Bobby Lahiff, says, I say three. Spencer Gable Ferrari. Um, well, I think there's I, I more than that. Yeah, there's more than that for sure. So yeah, because like think would, about wrestling apparel companies. That's a national company. Yeah, yeah. You would need to differentiate high, also high paying, right? So Spencer, yeah. Abel, and Fry are worth. They're worth a lot of money. They yes. really are because you know we talked about international level. One of the biggest issues with international wrestlers is they're not as visible as college guys are. College guys are way more visible. The one problem I'm going to see is. And I'm, I'm very curious how it's going to play out if Iowa is a Nike school, which they are, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, if they will allow them. If they will allow them to wear other things within the competition, and whether that's wearing a T-shirt that says, say it's Adidas, right, or Rudis, whatever, are they going to let them wear that, or are they going to say, during our time, right, when you're in our competitions, you're wearing exclusively our gear, and then in freestyle season you can wear different things, or how are they going to outline that? Because... Obviously, if you take the sponsorship rights away for specific athletes during season, that decreases the value of the team's total sponsorship by a lot because you're having the best guy wearing something else. Um, so I can't really foresee the NCAA allowing that to happen. Yeah, I would be highly surprised if yeah. institutions allowed kids to wear whatever brand they yes. wanted to. Yeah. yeah. If it was a direct competitor with their partner. Yeah. It's it's. I would imagine if it's apparel, it's going to have to be something that they're doing. They're, they're wearing outside of competition, outside of even warm ups, probably even practice. They would probably it, it would. I would figure it would all come. So that that's definitely going to be a complicator for sure, because um, these yeah. these schools are not going to allow that. But maybe would one of these schools say take the leap and be like, no, we we. You have to wear this during the competition time, but otherwise you can wear Do as many social media posts as you want with yeah. this and, brand or whatever, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And there's tons of small things like that that I would assume that some of these wrestling companies will do like, hey, uh, let's see, who would be someone in Nick? Like, say, say a Sammy Sasso. Like, you know, he's a relatively big star, but not like huge. Hey, here's 500 free T-shirts um, to be with us. And then you can sell them at summer camps, you know? So Sammy Sasso sells them. 
$20 a pop. He makes $10,000. You know, the company didn't invest that much besides creating the t-shirts. That something something like that. I think those things can happen, which are you know sponsorships on a smaller level. I think those things and, and ten thousand dollars to a college kid. That's a, a lot, lot of money. money. <laughs> that's a, for a college kid. That's a lot of money. So you know, I think when we say sponsorship, what does it all entail? You know, I could see a lot of really low, low, low level guys getting like, hey, here's five free pairs of shoes, and you know, and some gear. You know, wear it in the office. That that type of stuff. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Other, other, some of the more marketable guys, obviously Spencer Gable Ferrari, but um, RBY Roman was going to be the next next name, and Yanni. Those mm-hmm. are two two big ones, and really any of the um, Iowa, Penn State, the big brands, they're going to be able to capitalize on it more. Which makes me wonder, as name, image, and likeness. So a lot has been said about the you know the transfer rule and how it's gonna the rich get richer and that's that's a big fear right, but I think name image and likeness is the should be the big one right because listen you're gonna be able to you're gonna be more is bottom it? line you're gonna be more interesting and more marketable if you're at the big market if you're at the power program and the power conference that just makes more sense but. so they're gonna. But what? But here is, if you're number two on your team, then you go way down. Like the number, like the Spencer at Iowa. If you think the number two, if Spencer no, wasn't the number there, two at Iowa is way bigger than the one at. No, no, no. Because no. if someone's buying Iowa gear, they're gonna buy Spencer's. And so if you think if you took Spencer out of the equation, at Iowa, the new guy who goes to number one, whether it's Kemmer or Marinelli, their sales would go way up. For sure, right? Because those Iowa fans are going to spend money on whoever their biggest hero is. Now, it may still be higher higher than other places, but you're going to have a huge drop from the number one to the number two. So if you're not the number one guy, if you're the number three or four, man, good luck. That's a good point. Uh, I hadn't yeah. I hadn't considered that. Well, good. I mean, think about, okay, think about like Oklahoma State. But it's State. like sales of, sales of what? Uh, t-shirts, gear, apparel, right? I mean, whatever it is. Think about number one, Dayton Fix. He's a huge star at Oklahoma State, right? And everyone's probably buying his gear because he's the number one guy. All of a sudden, Ferrari wins his national title. Where are all the, where's all the dollars going? All the dollars are going to our AJ Ferrari freaking t-shirt. Think, also they, a it's got a special little cut here that you can rip it off, right? So, um, you, you know, the sales are going to go to the number one star, and that's, and that's going to affect number two, number three, and number four. Uh, for sure. So, you know, I, I, and definitely if you're, you know, we're talking the 10 starters, if you're number five, six or seven, man, you ain't selling nothing. What if you, if you're the number one star at uh, Edinburgh, right? The biggest star, I could see them. I could see them selling a decent amount. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. What do you think? um... I still think uh, Nick Lee is doing way more at Penn state than he would at Edinburgh. If he won a national Um, Edinburgh. Well, I think you could say Nick Lee's. Whew, I don't know. Actually, I, maybe I'd argue he's. Where would I argue? Where would I put him in the Penn State group? He's I put bo- Roman he, number one. Below, I put, he's below Brooks. He's below Brooks. Below Starocki. Probably. I think he's above Starocki. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Below um, Kirk. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> nah, he almost Just got that one. Just stop. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, obviously, I, we we're, we're talking all hypothetical. We'd have to see what the sales are, but I I feel like um, you know if you're the top guy at a power program, it's going to be huge for you. And then once once it starts dropping down a little bit, it's really going to negatively affect you. Whereas 
you know, like say me at Missouri when in that era, like I, I feel like I would have sold a huge amount because uh, you know, at that point in time, I was the only big star on the team. And, you know, as there becomes second and thirds, it becomes more difficult. Yeah. I was going to ask what you thought you would have been able to do during your time oh. at, at Missouri. If this rule. Had been we were right. selling t-shirts. I was hustling, baby. We were selling t-shirts in the, in the parking lot of Auburn Hills. Cause I figured the NCAA couldn't suspend me fast enough. Catholics versus convict style. Is that what they did? Yeah. Marcus Hain, Marcus Hain and Andrew Sherry. Uh, we printed like 500 t-shirts and we were hawking them in the parking lot at the NCAAs <laughs> that year. We, as in, we would, would seem well, to. Well, I was at, I was in the arena. I okay. had this great plan. And my buddy, Andrew Sherry, Andrew Sherry, you're, you're older now. Don't get mad for telling the story. So we were going to sneak Andrew Sherry in and he was going to walk. He could play the bagpipes. How many friends you got that can play the bagpipes? None. Not very many. Just okay, Andrew. And it, it, and it's and it's uh you know it's it's right around St. Patty's Day obviously, and so they're selling T-shirts to the parking lot, and then we're gonna sneak him in through the players' entrance, and when I walk out, he's gonna play the bagpipes to walk me out to the national final. My <laughs> man got too drunk, forgot where he was, tried going in the wrong door, and got the bagpipes taken. <laughs> oh my gosh, Andrew! Oh, I, I love I love you, Andrew. That would have been a that tremendous was... walkout, though. Yeah, that would have been tremendous. Man, that's too bad. Yeah. What was your? Yeah. Did you even get a walkout song? I shoot, I don't remember. I don't remember anymore. I don't. I don't think you did. I don't think you got to choose. I think. I think, I think you came out to Nelly's "Heart of a Champion." If I'm remembering correctly, is that around in 2007? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say I don't think so. It's been a funny one. Uh, hey, it's 9:45. It's time for us to go. Oh, we will not be here tomorrow, so don't tune in. Geez. Just we'll listen to this one again. Just pretend it didn't happen. We will be back next Tuesday. Thanks to Ben. I will not be. JD's gone for the next Where month. Are you? Uh, I got a, a flight month? to catch in two hours to Indianapolis. I'm headed to Cadet Duels. I'll be at. Junior oh, hey, I'm Duels going to too. Cadet Duels. Hey, I'll see you there. I'll see you, I'll see you there. Nice. So he's Cadet Duels, Junior Duels, Bison Duels. You're doing all the duels. Give me the duels, baby. Yes. And then, uh, then he's got vacation because apparently we're allowing that now to people that work here, which I don't know. JD's clearly pulled some strings with HR. I know people. He knows I've been people. on the show a year and a half, but I don't think I took a vacation yet. Uh, you you, uh, you allege you got some hip surgery or something. I was, I, only, I was only out for like two days for that. Yeah, that was it. I think I was a little excessive for a hip replacement, yes. if you ask me. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Goodbye. See you.